And so it appears the old people have won. The Chicago Bears most likely will not be on hard knocks, which has been a subject of debate. And of course, this being in kind of the doldrums of the NFL season, these are the kind of things that we talk about. Hard knocks, things of that nature. Who is the best player in Bears history to wear number 35? I think it's Neil Anderson. If there is somebody else, go ahead and leave it in the comments if I'm missing somebody. Neil Anderson is my pick, although I'm probably overlook somebody overlooking somebody. The thing is, we will not be on hard knocks. And I understand what where people are coming from. Like, it's a distraction. It's this. We don't need to do it. The uh, production team that does the 1920 series actually does a very good job. So I don't want to take away from them. But, you know, when you get the, the documentary treatment from a company that does it for HBO, that there is something to be said about that. And last year, I don't think that it was much of a distraction for the Detroit Lions. If anything, it got people to be more in tuned with what the Lions are doing. And I think that it would behoove the Bears to be a part of that process, especially with a potential new stadium, with Justin Fields getting DJ Moore. I think there's a lot of great storylines. And I think it would have made for compelling television. I understand why the Bears don't want to do it. I understand why some fans don't want to do it. But understand this. For a lot of us, it would have been awesome to see the Bears get the uh, HBO treatment and actually a little positive spin instead of everybody talking S on our team time and time again. But in any event, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. What is going to happen is that Take It to the Rank is going to start tonight. So, Sammy, let's go ahead and start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. It is Tuesday night. You know what that means. It is time for Take It to the Rank. Joining us here in just a matter of moments, the CEO of Bears Talk, Brian Perez, will be rejoining the show to talk about what happened at Bears practice a couple of weeks ago or a week ago or whenever it is. I'm losing all track of time. Uh, we'll be talking about all that good stuff, hard knocks, Chase Claypool, and a lot of things that have been going around, swirling around the, the Chicago Bears. Get his take on a number of topics. But, of course, right now, joining us is our co-host uh, from FoxSports.com and, more importantly, the SICK Podcast, Carmen Vitale. And if I'm going to say one thing, uh, I there's memes there's, there's, there's memes out there where it's like, hey, find somebody to love you. Like, And I think that my latest meme is find oh, no. somebody to love you. You know where this is going. The way Carmen Vitale loves Kirk Cousins. I knew oh. it was going there. I knew it was going there. And you know that that's a gross exaggeration of what I said. But listen, the thing is, I, I'm, I've said this over and over again. I need you to show me something. And of the four NFC North quarterbacks going into this season, Kirk Cousins has shown me the most. So does that mean that he's going to be the best this year? I don't, I don't, I don't think so. You're I rooting for it. I'm, I'm just saying <laughs> that if I have to decide right now who the best quarterback is in the NFC North, it has to be Kirk Cousins. He's coming off a Pro Bowl year, his second best, statistically his second best season of his career last year. Sorry, like Justin Fields hasn't sniffed 4,000 yards yet. So, mm-hmm. and Jordan Love hasn't done that either. I think both of them have very high ceilings and they can do a lot better this year. And obviously Jordan Love is very prepared going into his first year as a starter, but he has to show me that he can get up to, you know, get up to the speed of the game, not just understand it, but actually execute it. 
And then I mean, there's a, there's a case to be made for Jared Goff if you really want to get crazy about um, being the best quarterback. He had a great season last year. So yeah. let me let me see it first. And I hope I I'm I hope my opinion changes by next season for uh you know for the sake of Bears fans. But don't come for me yet, okay? It's making oh, a snap decision right now. It's too late. Uh, you, I know, on, it's too late. Everybody's coming for me. <laughs> it was on Chicago television. And the thing is, by the way, uh, just to pull back the curtain a little bit, is that I send, you know, like I do, because we're professionals here, we do a rundown and we send it. And then late this afternoon, I had to send Carmen. I'm like, oh, by the way, you have you have to know I'm doing the Kirk Cousins. And she's like, yeah, I know. I know you're going to get it. But in fairness, and listen to everybody, I, I will listen. Kirk Cousins did statistically have a good season. Jared Goff is the only quarterback in the division who has led his team to a Super Bowl. So he gets a little bit of run as well. So it's not entirely crazy, but I'm super biased. I'm super one-sided. I'm going to say Justin Fields, and I'm going to be unapologetic about it. And I think it's fun. That is a cool part of fandom. So as long as everybody's having a good time, don't don't be mean. Don't be personal. Don't be mean. Uh, Adam, that's the, this only is the internet. This is the, that's that's way too much, but I yeah, can take it. I'm a big girl. I can take it. But listen, I, yeah, Layla, Layla knew what she was doing too. Layla Rahimi. Oh gosh. But she knew what she was doing when we went into that segment. <laughs> yeah. But I, that's the thing. Like you don't want to get too personal. Although I will say there was some Packers player. Oh gosh. I forgot who it was. Legitimately forgot who it was. I know he played at Mississippi state because he was, he was ragging on me on total access. And he was like, oh, I've never lost to the Bears. And I said, you know what? As somebody who played at Mississippi State and was on the wrong end of the Alabama-Mississippi State rivalry, I think he would have more empathy. But in any event, Green Bay is not Tuscaloosa. And the guy who allowed you to win all those games is no longer there. So good luck with that. Uh, but in any event, it's a lot of fun. It's fun to have you here. I how, But I know, to get back on track, how are you living, Carmen? Are you good? <laughs> I'm I'm good. I'm good. Again, I just keep fighting the good fight of, you know, reminding people I cover the whole division and I'm not in fact a Bears fan. I am a reporter that covers four teams as unbiasedly and objectively as I possibly can. So just keep that in mind. I love that. I love that part of it. And I think it's the, one of the, one of the reasons why we love having you on the show is that you do give a little bit of a balanced, nuanced uh, observations. Whereas I'm like, I'm not, I'm not seeing it that way. I'm just fully bears and fully getting after it. Uh, I will say this. I, I don't remember where you came down on the hard knocks thing. Mm. I feel, were you in favor of it or were you not in favor? Remind me. Uh, I know we had Dan Hansis on a couple of weeks ago to talk about the hard knocks situation. I don't think you were a part of that show, no. but what did you think about the hard knocks? I am not in favor of it. Given the fact that I know what, how coaches and players feel about it. I was actually with Tampa Bay when they had their hard knocks season Oh, that's and right. Hearing coaches talk about it, hearing even players talk about it, the, the amount of distraction um, and having like this little eye in the sky following you everywhere. It's very intrusive. Coaches don't like it. And it can kind of stunt you in what you're trying to do in meeting rooms and stuff like that. Uh, I remember coaches telling me because not only was Bruce. So Bruce's staff, when they got there, uh, Tampa Bay went and did hard knocks under Dirk Cutter. But yeah. Bruce the staff they came in they had been on that inaugural season of all or nothing which is the Amazon oh right that is basically hard knocks for the whole season <laughs> so i remember coaches telling me like they would have to look up in the corner at the camera go like mm, and make them cut it because before they said something maybe that was more sensitive that applied to the game plan or what have you where they just didn't want cameras rolling for that and to amazon executive credit the, the executives credit and to hard knocks producers 
they are very, they oblige when coaches are like, Hey, I don't want this. And which is coaches like head coaches, GMs and ownership do get to see the episodes and green light them prior to them coming on. So I think there's, there's of course a little bit of a, a battle there, but I think that most of the time HBO yields to what the head coach, the GM and the own, and ownership is comfortable with. So to peel back the curtain even more. Yeah. I mean, they understand what they're there to do and there, there can be some benefits to it, but I just know from a coaching perspective, none of those coaches liked that. Right. I can understand that. I, I think that you act a little bit differently. They, when you're on air, when you're mic'd up, even like, I mean, you understand this too. You were, I, of course, on Monday night, you were on television in Chicago. They mic you up. You're there for a number of minutes, mic'd up. You you act differently because you know that everybody's listening to every word that you're saying. And there's people in the building. I know at the NFL Network, there are these direct feeds. So anybody in the building with a television can find us on, now our show is live. So it's not as... It's not as bad as when it was when it was pre-recorded where you're mic'd up for four hours for an hour television show. <laughs> and then you really have to be mindful of your conversations. And a lot of times people will get in my ear and be like, uh, remember, you're mic'd up. And I'm like, I don't care. I'll say this to anybody. Like, I, I'm, I'm happy to be on record being upset that our commissary is charging five bucks for a coffee or whatever it is. Like, I don't I don't I don't mind. <laughs> So, but I, I understand. And so again, it seems to be a moot point because the bears will not be on hard knocks. I do want to talk. I know that we're going to, we'll, we'll talk about this. I want to talk about this when, when Brian's on. So why don't, cause we're going to move on to the next subject. I want to bring right. him on. Uh, but joining us right now is a, a friend of ours who's been here since day one. He launched his own website bears talk and it's been flourishing ever since this is going to be a second season doing it and like listen we feel like we're part of a bears community we welcome everybody i think that the more content the better everybody loves the chicago bears everybody approaches it in their own way so we're pleased to welcome back to the show brian perez of bears talk uh before i ask you how you're doing i was going to tell this little anecdote before you came on and carmen was like i i said i would say before the show i called you the tom hanks of of guests and what it means was is carmen o'brien i'm a huge conan o'brien fan he was talking about a couple of guests like Bruce Springsteen, Tom Hanks, people that go out of their way to like be more than on time here early. I log in 10 minutes before the show starts. Brian's already here waiting and we already have a rundown and I'm like, we're not bringing Brian on for 15 minutes. You're still here ready to go. You got ideas. You got some subjects you want to talk about. So this is what part of the reason why we love having you. But Brian, how you living? I'm living well, Adam, Carm. It's great to see you again. And look, if you're not 10 minutes early, you're late, right? That's the old, that's the method I live by. And especially when I get to talk Bears football with you two, how can you not be excited and get here early? You know, I'm I'm ready to go. Let that be a lesson for the youngsters who always ask me like, what did did you do to get ahead? I'm like, that's one of the things is always be on time or be well on time. Be, Be early. Don't be late. But I do want to talk about this Chase Claypool thing because last week a report came out Chase Claypool has been a disappointment. Now, I have sources who I trust and I believe who say that that's absolutely not the case, that the the Bears seem to be very enthused about Chase Claypool this season. Both of you being on the ground, I'm curious to get your response to this. Carmen, why don't we start with you? What is this? what, what What are you hearing about Chase Claypool? It's an interesting, it was very interesting when I heard that there were reports coming out that the Bears were disappointed in him because 
if you're talking disappointment and injury, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's where that kind of came from because, as we know, Chase Claypool didn't participate in in mandatory minicamp, and it was out of an abundance of precaution. Though there doesn't seem to be a question that he'll be ready for training camp, but there's no sense in pushing a guy in minicamp. Not to mention, Chase Claypool's been working out with Justin Fields in the offseason down in Miami. He was there for OTAs. He was there at minicamp. He just wasn't on the field. So for a guy that is battling through some injury, I don't know what else you want from him at this point. And again, he came in last year during the middle of the season, mid to late season, not even enough time to really grasp every concept that this offense runs, grasp the terminology, all that kind of stuff. And now he's coming into this next season knowing all of that. And again, I don't know what else you want from him at this point. We haven't been able to see them in pads. It seems like him and Justin have a great friendship and connection. So uh, it, this has to be just nothing. I agree, Karma. I think there's a big difference between disappointment and frustration. And I think maybe the Bears are frustrated that Chase Claypool couldn't maximize this entire offseason because of injuries. I don't think disappointed in him and what he's the work he's put in is appropriate in terms of how to label this. And, and honestly, if I'm going to trust anybody, it's going to be Justin Fields. And Justin Fields went out of his way to praise Chase Claypool without even being asked. He offered mm-hmm. praise for Claypool unsolicited. And to me, if, if we're banking on Justin Fields to be the leader, the franchise quarterback, the spokesperson for the offense and the entire organization, if he's impressed with what Chase Claypool has done this offseason, and I don't care what any of these random sources are saying about disappointment in Claypool. You know, we're in the, as we said, Adam, before we went on the show, we're kind of in that fill the dead zone time for content. And I think yeah. if there's any suggestion of frustration or what have you of a player as high profile as Claypool, it's a narrative that'll kind of run away with itself. And I, I think it's more calm. Like you said, he's injured. He's been banged up. Everybody's frustrated. Bears fans. I'm sure coaches. I'm sure himself. He himself is probably frustrated. Disappointed, I think that carries a more negative connotation and it's just not applicable. Yeah, that seems to be the case. And so hopefully, again, uh, the sources that I've talked to over the last couple of weeks seem to indicate like there's nothing to that report. Uh, All right. What about uh, Brian? Let me ask you about DJ Moore. Did you get an opportunity to get out to uh, to Bears practice uh, the other day? Have you seen? I, I wasn't. I wasn't down there at the OTAs, but you know, the people that I trust who were there and obviously all the reports that came out from those practice sessions. I mean, look, it's, this is not surprising, right? That DJ Moore is lighting up the practice field. I mean, DJ Moore was lighting up the league for lack of a better term with quarterbacks who remind us of like the pre Justin Fields era bears quarterbacks down in Carolina. When you're able to put up three straight 1100 yard receiving seasons with the quarterbacks, maybe Sands, the older Cam Newton, uh, that he was catching passes from in Carolina. You pair him with Justin Fields, who is like desperate for a playmaker like DJ Moore, who he could trust to be in the right place at the right time and make a play. Even He's, he's open even when he's covered. Even if he's not this gigantic target, he's the kind of player who's open even when he's covered. And that's where we're going to see the biggest growth from Justin Fields because everybody wants to – knock on fields for processing he holds the ball too long and i mean i don't know about you guys but if you're throwing to guys like dante pettis and you know equanimous saint brown who for you know good players but it might take an extra second for those guys to get open or to trust them to be where they're going to be 
versus a guy like DJ Moore. So the fact that he's forcing balls to eat to DJ Moore and OTAs, developing that connection, and it's already paying dividends on the practice field. It's going to be an exciting training camp. I'm going to hold my breath every single day to make sure DJ Moore doesn't, you know, come up with a bum hamstring or suffer. Don't, 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 don't even breathe that. I know. I, I'm just getting it out of my head. So I get rid of it now. Right. But, uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully we see come week one against Green Bay that when the bullets fly for real, that connection is going to be humming like all the reports suggested is right now. Yeah, that, I was. Yeah, I, I got to see it firsthand at Bears practice. And when they when the Bears say that DJ Moore is their everything receiver, he is all over the field. They mean it. We saw him line up in a very variety of alignments, running all different levels of routes and what really stuck out to me too was the anticipation throws that we saw from Justin Fields, which speaks to that trust that he already has in DJ Moore, despite the fact that it's only been a few weeks of this, you know, of an off season and OTAs and minicamp to get acclimated to who DJ Moore is as a receiver, but he is a pro. He is used to being the number one receiver. Like you said, Brian hasn't had really quality quarterback play to lean on and has still been productive now he can be trusted to be in the right place at the right time. He can also be a very intangible, good influence on the rest of that receiver room and show guys exactly how to work and really get with Justin Fields and understand where he wants guys, what his tendencies are. You have to be able that's, – that's what we talk about. When we talk about the chemistry between a quarterback and his receivers, we're talking about them learning each other and knowing what they need from them because it's different for every single quarterback – routes are routes are routes you got the route tree right but at the same time where when you break where you break when you're expected to break and get to your spot all of those things are different by quarterback and so that is really encouraging to see that dj moore is all over the field justin is trusting him in all sorts of alignments in all sorts of throws throwing the ball before dj moore even gets to that spot and DJ Moore is coming up with some really fantastic catches. We saw some really awesome stuff from him just in the little sample size we saw in minicamp. I mean, think about the difference one year makes, right? Last year this time, Bears fans were like hyper excited about Darnell Mooney being the breakout wide receiver one because honestly, there was like nowhere else to find hope that there was going to be a receiver who could be that guy. We're talking about a fifth round pick who soaking wet weighs 170 pounds and in a specialty role, maybe as a slot receiver, as a number two or even three guy can thrive. But last year, this time it was all about Justin Fields to Darnell Mooney, that connection they have. It was a forced narrative based on desperation and hope that that would actually come to fruition this year. This is like real. This is not, we're hoping DJ Moore can be that guy. DJ Moore is that guy. So it's a very different vibe. That's why these practice reports, all the positive, uh, all the optimism coming out about the offs about the offense this offseason, it's because it's real. It's not like, well, maybe Darnell Mooney will become that guy. Maybe he will take that step. He's a hard worker, great route runner. Yeah, running on air on a practice field, he looks great. But we've seen DJ Moore do it on Sundays with Karma, as you've said, lower a below average quarterback play. So this is like not wishful thinking. It's not Bears fans hoping for the best. This is reality. And now it's up to Justin Fields to prove in 2023 that he, now that he has that type of pass catcher, that kind of offensive weapon, 
that everything we think he is, he will become this season. Because now it's, it's real. He's got that guy. Yeah, and we had Matt Harmon on the show of Yahoo Sports a couple of weeks ago talking about the impact that DJ Moore is going to have on this team. And, you know, the Bears haters out there will say stuff like, oh, don't expect him to be like Stephon Diggs or, or A.J. Brown. I'm like, why not? Like, he's he is as good, if not better, than both of those wide receivers. And I don't think that that's – I'm telling tales out of school. I've had a great affinity for D.J. Moore. He has been somebody who's been prominent – in the NFL, one of the greatest, not one of the greatest, but statistically one of the better receivers uh, over the last couple of years. Uh, Brian, let me ask you this, though. Uh, the Bears also did make some moves on their wide receiver room on draft night. Last week, Carmen and I discussed Tyler Scott a little bit. What is your take on that? What did you think when they drafted the Cincinnati wide receiver? I love the move. What do you think about the Bears making him a uh, what was he, third, fourth round pick? I love the pick. Look, I'm a big believer of you add as much juice to the roster as you can. You know, there's there's a lot of traits that players can learn and be coached in the NFL, how to become a pro route runner, um, you know, off the field stuff, the work, the work ethic and regiment. You can't coach speed, right? That's either you've got it or you don't that I'm going to run away from the defensive back speed. Players come into the league. They either have it or they don't. They're not going to learn it as a pro. And Tyler Scott. Um, he's among the best in this draft class in terms of when you watch his film, he, after the catch, he increases separation from defenders. He picks up ground. It's not like defenders close on him when they're trying to chase him down, which to me, that's that next level NFL field flipping speed. And I think he's a guy, look, if Darnell Mooney is slow to recover or if Chase Claypool's nagging injuries go into the regular season, and they give this kid a chance to play on Sundays, he's the kind of like character guy and playmaker. If he gets an opportunity, I don't see him giving it back. He's not a big guy. He's not the tallest guy. He's not the heaviest guy. So there are some things working against him. I, I, I am kind of old school when it comes to scouting wide receivers. There's a physical profile that you want to see from the best you know, pass catchers in the league. He doesn't fit that, but he's got the, the speed, and, and quick twitch and lateral agility that works in today's game. I think he's going to be a very, very interesting guy to watch this year and a player who I, I think the Bears are going to have a hard time keeping him off the field. I think Valus Jones, I mean, that was the worst thing that happened to him is when they landed Tyler Scott because that knocked Valus Jones down. It's going to knock Equanimous St. Brown down. Even on special teams in the return game, Tyler Scott eventually, like I said, they're going to find a way to get him the ball because he's just too dynamic, too explosive, too dangerous of a playmaker uh, to keep on the bench. It's just a matter of time with him. Yeah, I think I, it's going to be interesting. I think they that's going to be a guy to watch on special teams too, as far as returning and it, being able to see the field, have that vision as a way of getting him on the field to see what he can do. There is another rookie though from this class that I don't think we're talking enough about. And it's a guy that lines up against receivers. It's Tyreek Stevenson who was taking reps with the ones. And I think the Bears very much do think of him as the starter opposite Jalen Johnson on the outside with Kyler Gordon being your starting nickel. So I want to know what kind of you saw in him scout scouting report wise, Brian, because this is a guy that the Bears kind of plucked out of obscurity with this deeper cornerback class this last in, during the draft. And now he's probably going to be expected to take some really significant reps, if not be a starter this year. 
Yeah, I was a little surprised with where he went. You know, maybe it was because he didn't have a lot of that national media buzz that build up as a prospect heading into the draft, but the same with Dexter, right? He went in the second round as a defensive lineman. He didn't have a lot of that buzz either. It was, it was clear. When you look at this draft class that uh, Ryan Pohl's strategies is pretty clear, right? The athletes, the RAS scores were through the roof for all these guys. And they had really good like high school pedigree. And Tyreek Stevenson was one of those guys with a really good profile as a high school player. So one of the things that I think is interesting from this draft is it, to me, it seems like any Darnell Wright, right? He was a five-star kid too, and he ended up being the second offensive lineman off the board. And not a lot of people had that as in your mock drafts. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting because it looks like Ryan Poles looked at who are the best football players plus athletes in the draft. I don't care what happened to them during their college career. What did we think of these kids, even at 17, 18 years old? And maybe when they went to college, like for with Gervon Dexter, his system, the system in Florida prevented his physical traits from really shining through. And if he was in a different system, he might have been viewed like the Jalen Carter, right? Yeah. Um, and so with Tyreek Stevenson, you got an athletic, long, high football IQ cornerback who on a roster that doesn't have that, right, outside of Jalen Johnson, of he better be a plug-and-play starter. Otherwise, the Bears' defensive backs, it's kind of questionable. Kyler Gordon is tailor-made for that slot, that nickel roll. He's more of that athlete in space, make a play in space. Can he compete against the bigger, taller wide receiver ones? He struggled last year. Even wide receiver twos, he struggled last year. Tyreek Stevenson, at least off the bus, on the hoof, as they say, he looks the part, and he's got good film, and he's got good pedigree, and he's a high-level athlete. If the Bears put him in the right place in their system, Matt Eberflus knows how to coach defensive players pretty well. And Matt Eberflus has always said around draft time, he's like a scout at heart, too. He loves that part of the process. So you know he had a big role in who they took in that second round in terms of football players plus fit for his defense. So we'll see. Is Was he a surprising pick? Yeah, it was, it was surprising. Maybe even a little bit of like, who is this guy? You know, like yeah. second round Tyreek mm -hmm. Stevenson. It seemed like Bears fans were a little bit disappointed with the selection. That's always the case, the knee-jerk reaction on draft weekend. Now that the dust has settled, all these positive reports coming out of OTAs, he's going to be a plug-and-play starter. You know, the Bears could come out of the first three rounds with Wright, Dexter, Stevenson, and even Zach Pickens. That's four guys that are going to play either as starters or significant rotation in 2023. If they all play well, that's a slam dunk of a draft class. And we're not even into the day three guys like Tyler Scott and Roshan Johnson and some of these other players. So, look, hope spring is, lives forever this time of year. Right. So hopefully the optimism we have today on June 20th is still there in September. Well, let's stick on that subject here. Uh, Stevenson, number one, had he stayed at Georgia, I think he would have ended up being a first-round guy. I think everybody just kind of forgot about him because he went to Miami and he kind of, you know, like that's not a prominent program as much as Georgia is now. So it's easy to forget about players like that. Ryan Poles obviously did not. And so uh, forgive me, Karin, for jumping a little bit ahead in the rundown here. But you wrote about Gervin Dexter on Bears Talk this week. What is what, what were you saying, though? What do you mean about like what happened at Florida that he could have been the Jalen Carter? What do you what do you mean by that? So the system that Florida ran was kind of like mm -hmm. a two gap system did not allow Dexter to just pin your ears back and get upfield. Use your six foot six, 315 pound, just rare human construct of size, power, and athleticism and take advantage of it and go. It kind of happened years back 
at LSU with Daniil Hunter, when he was at LSU, if you look at his box score, he had like no production as a pass rusher. Yeah. And everyone's like, oh, you know, this is a reach by the Minnesota Vikings. He comes into the NFL. He's a double-digit sack guy every year, one of the best in the league before injuries. So sometimes the college system asks players to do things that limits their box score. So it's not the sports center highlight. You don't see the guys on the all American teams because they're not product. They're not as productive as some of the guys that make those headline grabbing lists. Dexter was kind of a victim of that. And moving forward, one of the reasons why I wrote on bears talk that I think he is the key to determine how great this draft class can be is because Ryan polls, in the first round, chose voluntarily to not take Jalen Carter, right? Mm. And whatever Jalen Carter becomes, he will become. He might be an absolute bust. He might be an all-pro. Maybe he falls somewhere in between. But if the decision to pass on Jalen Carter, take Darnell Wright, if Darnell Wright becomes a quality right tackle and Dexter plays as well or better than Jalen Carter would have been as a first-round pick, you couldn't script a better first-two-round outcome for Ryan Poles. Yes, Zach Pickens could be that guy in the third round, but the fact that the next pick after Darnell Wright was the same position that Jalen Carter, at least defensive lineman, that Jalen Carter would have given the Bears in the first round, and Jalen Carter was considered the best non-quarterback in the draft, and Ryan Poles said, I'm passing on him, and I'll take this guy from Florida instead in the second round. If Dexter proves to be that dude, then Ryan Poles is going to look like a genius. If Dexter ends up washing out like an Ego Ferguson or a Will Sutton of years past, eh, if Jalen Carter does really well, it might not even matter what Darnell Wright does because if Jalen Carter is the next Warren Sapp, Bears fans won't forget that, right? So uh, Gervon Dexter has a chance to make Ryan Poles a genius. And, I, you know, I'm starting to warm up to it. Carm, I don't know how – or Adam, I don't know how you guys feel. But when you watch Dexter move, you're like, man, this guy could be special if he – the Bears put him in the right place, let him take his time to develop. You don't see dudes with his physical makeup move the way he does. The Bears might have found themselves something there. I mean, obviously, again, it's June 20th. We'll see. But I, I think he's the key. He's the key to the whole draft class. I don't appreciate the stray that my son Devils just took with Will Sutton, but that's fine. <laughs> Ooh, I love Will Sutton. That. Listen, I love Will Sutton as a prospect. <laughs> but I learned a lot from this. Story. <laughs> uh, it's interesting because you see so much – or how much Ryan Poles values traits. And that is exemplified perfectly by Javon Dexter because of the fact you're talking about, like you said, at Florida, he's in this two-gap system. Those guys in the, on the interior are really there to take up space and, and to be on the defensive quite literally rather than being able to pin their ears back and go when you're in a one-gap. And Javon Dexter said that that's what's going to be the expectation with the Chicago Bears is being that one-gap interior defensive tackle and that's what he likes to do he like going back to his high school days that's what he he loved to get after the quarterback and after all those interior guys are the closest to the quarterback so if you can get guys that can really get upfield get into the pocket collapse the pocket from that interior that is going to be such a key for this defense and make it hum and if you had just identified a guy that can do that even though he didn't do it in college because you're looking at traits over scheme that's the smartest thing you can do at this point. And I think we've seen that over and over again in Ryan Poles is that how much him and Matt Eberflus value traits. And I can't wait to see if it pays off with Javon Dexter. And it's one of those things that when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs or even the Philadelphia Eagles, you see them do that repeatedly. 
Like those are like, like they, they find these players that go out there and perform really well, who might not have been household names during the college, uh, call it during their college careers. The only thing I fear though, you know who Tony, do you, do you both know who Tony Tolbert is? Mm-hmm. You remember a name, Tony Tolbert, productive player for the Cowboys in the mid nineties. That's who the Cowboys drafted instead of Randy Moss. Tony Tolbert was like a good player. Like, if you ask a cowboy, if Elliot Harrison was on the show, he'd be like, oh, Tony, yeah, Tony Tolbert, yeah, he's a good player, you know? But, like, he wasn't Randy. That's that's the one thing, but I will say this, and let me ask you, uh, Brian, Jalen, did you think that the Jalen Carter thing was the right move? Because everything that you just said, I go, I'm on board with. Like, I, I would rather take the risk. I, I would rather go right tackle and hope that we find something in Gervin Dexter. And I, I just felt that that was the right move. And Carbon and I talked about this in the weeks leading up to the draft, that if the Seahawks and Lions, two teams that needed defensive tackle help, if both of those teams are like, yeah, we're not doing that. I'm like, I'm comfortable not taking him. What was your, what was your thought on the whole process with Jalen Carter and passing over him? Yeah, so I was hoping the Bears would not take him. You know, even if forget whatever happened, right tackle, if they went with a different defensive back, whatever they did at the, in the first round, I just, when I watched Jalen Carter's film, I think there is something to be said about the down to down rep after rep level of intensity and the motor that guys play with. That's one of the most important traits when you're evaluating a player going to the next level, because if you're not bringing your A game, Every single rep, you're going to wash out of the league really fast. I mean, you're just going to wash out of the league. And Jalen Carter got away with just natural, raw, beast mode talent whenever he wanted to. And the problem is it's whenever he wanted to. You can't trust that with a top 10 pick. Not how my mind works, how I would operate if I was in Ryan Pohl's chair. I don't think I would have been able to take him. Then you add in some of the questionable off-field decision-making that he that came out leading up to the draft and you just had, a, you had more red flags. The biggest thing for me, I mean, it seems silly. The fact he couldn't finish his pro day. This is the most important job interview of your life. You have nothing to do, but train for that pro day. Even if you're dealing with legal issues off to the side, if you can't finish that pro day and then you compare it to a guy like Darnell Wright, who literally the bears challenged physically to try to break him and he couldn't be broken Give me that dude 10 out of 10 times, even if the natural God-given talent isn't as high. Give me the guy that's not going to break because those are the guys that will play and start and be very good pros for 10 years or more. And let's be honest, like Jalen Carter's film, I don't know about you guys. I didn't see Warren Sapp. I didn't see Aaron Donald. I didn't see this can't-miss defensive lineman. And I'll say this too. The only team that was going to take him in that range was the Eagles. Because the Eagles are the only team that could say, screw it. We got another first rounder coming up. Our roster is already loaded. This is the scratch-off lottery ticket. If it doesn't hit, move on. But if it hits, I mean, now they're, you know, overnight again, success story for the Eagles. But they were the only team that was really going to do that. So in theory, in reality, not even theory, Ryan Poles was able to basically steal a fourth-round pick to move down and take the guy he still would have taken at number nine pass on the guy he wasn't even considering and he got a fourth round pick just to drop back one spot so i'm fine with it no matter what happens with Jalen carter no matter what level of success he has where there is smoke around a guy 
when there was that much smoke around Jalen Carter coming into the league, eventually he might be rookie of the year. He might be nasty in year two, but come year three or year four, we might see, ah, you know, is he worth the risk for a big contract? He got into these issues off the field. He's injured all the time. Doesn't play as much. Almost like remember Albert Hainsworth back in the day, that guy was a stud when he was playing, but there was, you know, there was a lot more that came along with him. He signed that huge contract. I think it was with Washington, right? And it yeah. ended up being a massive disaster for the, at the time, the Redskins. So I'm fine with polls making that decision. No looking back, no, you know, hindsight's going to be 2020, but I have a feeling the bears will be just fine with the decisions they made. I think a great way to look at it too, even if he, Jalen Carter ends up being the pro that we all think that he can be with the skill set that he has. The Eagles were the only ones that were going to get that out of him. If he went to the yeah. wrong situation, you were never going to be able to get the best out of him. And I think the Eagles were the short list of teams that were going to be able to do that, given the fact they have some of his former teammates. They have really good leadership on that defensive line and the defense as a whole. They have an established culture. They are successful. I mean, a guy going through trials and tribulations with his team on the field in a completely new environment where he's responsible for motivating himself was just never going to be an option for a guy like Jalen Carter, who does need some extra attention. That's what, that's how coaches put it to me that he was going to need some extra attention. I thought the lions were another team that could have possibly done that just because of the culture that they've built there. And the fact that they are ready for success. They had multiple first round picks and they have some guys along the defensive line already that, could have helped bring him along and would have helped him be successful. But that being said, the Eagles by far were the best environment for him to go into to get the best out of him. So even if the Bears would have taken him, I just don't see that it, it would have materialized for him and they would have been able to get the best out of him. So if you need a rationale, because if he goes and lights up the league this year, right. you need a rationale for that. Just know that Philadelphia was probably the only place he was going to be that successful in and let me add this too, just for the Bears fan experience, it would have been brutal if the Bears took Jalen Carter because you would yeah. have had that segment of the Bears beat writers who would have been very much looking for all the negative about Jalen Carter. You would have the rival NFC North teams who would just focus on the negative with Jalen Carter. And it would have been, in some instances, justified. Some of that content would have been justified. And as a Bears fan, which, you know, I obviously, I run BearsTalk.com. I'm a Bears fan. As a Bears fan, I want to enjoy the rookie class. I don't want to deal with drama, right? Mm -hmm. And knowing that Darnell Wright is a blue-chip five-star starting right tackle who's going to protect our franchise quarterback, give that guy the best chance to actually become the only quarterback in team history to throw for 4,000 yards and surpass your guy, Carm, Kirk Cousins, as the best quarterback in the NFC North. Give me that guy. Right. Get rid of the headache. I don't want to deal with Jalen Carter. Give me Darnell Wright. It's it's worth noting too. You know the Seahawks and Lions both had extra first round picks. They were dealing with the Rams pick and Denver's pick. So they they there was lottery selections for them too. And like what Carmen's pointing out with like the Eagles could make him successful. Going back to the Randy Moss analogy, Randy Moss becomes Randy Moss. I believe in a great part because Chris Carter was there. Had he gone to the Dallas Cowboys in the 90s, that was Troy Aikman was retiring. There is no guarantee that he would have become the Randy Moss that we saw 
through throughout his career. I mean, look at his time with the Raiders, like how poorly that could have gone. And I even, you know, like the, it could have been a situation like that. So I think a lot of what happens, what team you go to does speak a lot. And I, I, I agree with both of you. Like I I'm fine with Darnell, right. And I'm ready to see what he's able to, to, to bring to the table. Another guy that I'm, I'm really excited about now, Brian, you were one of the first ones. I was, I was going to have to give you credit for this. You were out front. You said the bears have to take, this Texas running back, the Bears need to take this Texas right. You were talking about Roshan Johnson, right? You weren't talking about Beyond Robinson. You were talking about Roshan. Was that that's who you were referring to, right? Uh, I'll plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but what did you think? I mean, the more that I see of Roshan Johnson, the more that I'm loving this pick. I know, I believe it was uh, you wrote about this too. Like the Bears running back room is wide open right now. Three guys conceivably have a shot at being the number one guy. What do you think about Roshan Johnson? So this is a tough one. Uh, Roshan, to me, is is a little bit of an enigma. I'm not quite sure how he's going to fare as a runner, pure runner Mm -hmm. in the NFL. I think as a football player, he's going to bring all the -the off-the-field stuff that the Bears value. You know, rookie minicamp, he's cleaning up water bottles after everybody, already being called a a potential pillar of the organization by scouts. He doesn't even put on the shoulder pads yet, right? So he clearly is going to be a guy who raises the level of expectation just based on work ethic and character in the running back room. Um, But is he a better runner than Khalil Herbert? Is he a better runner than Donta Foreman? I don't know about that. I've watched every one of his carries from last season. And he's a strong runner. He's got decent speed, a little tight in the hips, not a lot of wiggle. I have to see him in the preseason to really feel like he can challenge a guy like Khalil Herbert, who I believe, I mean, Khalil Herbert could be on the launching pad for like, not stardom, but he could be easily with then no doubt in my mind, that guy could be a 1200 yard running back. If he gets the touches, when you talk about the elusiveness, the vision, the deceptive speed to get back to beyond the second level and just those decisive moves he makes in the open field. He's a smooth pros pro who I think could do really well. I think when you when it comes to rookie running backs, we live, Adam, as you obviously know better than anybody, we live in a fantasy football world. Yeah. And rookie skill players always get a little extra push because it's the shiny new toy. Yeah. The 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 unknown factor. Could this guy be the league winner, the fourth round rookie who ends up being the starter, you know, second half of the season and just blows people away? I think Bears fans need to kind of temper their expectations a little bit with Roshan and let's see, is he a Latavius Murray in the NFL? Good mm-hmm. player when called upon, but not an every down every week, absolute week after week starter. I think he's more in that zone or realm or bucket of potential outcomes. than he'll be some like Terrell Davis slasher. Who's just exceeds his draft slotting. I hope for the best, but I, I just, I don't know how you feel, Carm, how you feel, Adam, but I have a hard time thinking a rookie like Roshan, who's never been the guy. Yeah, sure, Bijan is the reason he was never the guy, but he's never had to be the guy in a backfield, a, a, uh, a convert quarterback, started his college career as a quarterback. He hasn't even played the position that long to suddenly be able to wrestle carries away from Herbert, who wrestled carries away from Montgomery, mm-hmm. and Foreman, who after Christian McCaffrey left Carolina, Foreman, like their running game was almost better. Well. Like he was really good. So right, I just think Roshan 
Roshan might be like a 2024 guy because I don't think Foreman's anything more than a one-year player. And then you have Cleo Herbert moving into his final year. Roshan might be a little more of a, a deeper investment, but we'll see. You know, may the best man win, right? Competition breeds production. So one of these guys are going to be really good because they know if they're not really good, the guy right behind them is going to take carries away from them. So if anything, Roshan levels up the competition, and if he's the best of the bunch, God bless him. Well, and one thing you didn't mention there, too, is a guy that's going to get some design carries. That's Justin Fields. Justin Fields absolutely factors into this run scheme, and they're going to be able to utilize that to their advantage to the point where I th- it's a running back by committee type situation, I think, in Chicago because of the fact that you have so much flexibility with your quarterback and you don't need there. There doesn't need to be the guy. Khalil Herbert still doesn't even need to be the guy, even though they've talked a lot this offseason. Bears coaches have about him being able to be that every down back. And he's obviously factoring into the, the pass or the pass catching game. He's the guy that is there for the short yardage situations, the dump offs, the check downs, all that kind of stuff. But at this point, you have so much flexibility in that room that nobody really needs to be the guy. And Roshan Johnson, I think he's going to be a really good asset on special teams, which is not something that this draft class was super kind to. And it's something I think we're not talking about enough. Like when you take two defensive tackles in one round, they're not really going to factor into the special teams uh, segment of this football team, but he's going to be part of that unit. And then he's also going to be able, I think to, you know, just get get himself in there a little bit. And like you said, Brian, maybe be more of a factor in 2024. But this run game is going to be very diverse and very interesting to watch, given the fact that it also includes their quarterback. Everybody who plays in dynasty fantasy football leagues are now upset with both of you because they all expect <laughs> Roshan John. Like I, I couldn't even, I made a mistake in my fantasy or my dynasty league where I missed out on uh I missed out on Roshan and I accidentally picked the Colts rookie. I can't even think of his name, but I, I, I was trying to be like, Hey, will you swap with me? It was uh run of the dudes who works for the chargers. I'm like, Hey, can you just make a swap? He's like, no way. You're not getting Roshan. John. Like I had, like I drafted Bijan Robinson and I'm like, yeah, okay. Like I, okay, fine. Like be uh, whatever. Um, but people, especially the dynasty guys and they're, they're too into, but like you said, Brian, they get so people, they try to outsmart each other so much that if y'all, oh, we got to get this guy. Like it's the same thing with Jack, Zach Charbonneau. Like everybody ignores how good Kenny Walker was last year. Cause like everybody's raving about Zach Charbonneau. And I'm like, you guys have to just be kidding me. And it drives me absolutely nuts. And then yet I think of myself when I make predictions, like I'm such a bears Homer. Like I, I'm also that person too. Cause I do unrealistic things and I set unrealistic expectations. Speaking of which, uh, Carmen is more the realist. I'm more the optimist. We have given our predictions, uh, on the, on what we expect out of the bears this season. How many wins are you looking at Brian? What, what are you thinking? Listen, I think this bears team is, is a lot better than people think. And this is not just bears bias bears, you know, wishful thinking I, I they got a lot better in a division yeah. that there's no more Aaron Rodgers right like I don't think people are giving that enough um of a focal point I mean it obviously has been a huge talking point but it's beyond just no Aaron Rodgers on the Packers to dominate the Bears it's also a, a, a mindset 
that a team will go into the 2023 season knowing like this dude is gone. We have just as good of a chance as any team in this division to win it. The psycho, the Mm -hmm. psychology of it, the mental impact it's going to have to know that you're not playing this guy who everybody thinks the Packers are going to win the division because number 12 is sitting there at quarterback. It's almost the exact opposite now. And, you know, in all seriousness, when Carmen goes through the NFC North quarterback breakdown, the reason why Kirk Cousins is the best quarterback right now in the NFC North is because there aren't any great quarterbacks in the NFC North that have established themselves as guys that can win the division, deep playoff run, maybe a Super Bowl run. If you're picking any quarterback in the division right now as a guy you would start your offense with, a guy you'd want to build a franchise around, for the first time probably, I don't know, ever, it's the Bears quarterback. It's Justin Fields. You're taking him over Jordan Love. You're taking him over Jared Goff. You're taking him over Kirk Cousins. When you're talking about building a team for long-term optimism, success, outlook, whatever it might be. So when when that's the actual reality of what's have it, happening going into 2023, and you look at a completely rebuilt and reconstructed offensive line, a completely different skill position core with DJ Moore who changes everything, Another tight end who could catch passes like Bob Tunyon, Cole Komet playing for that next contract. You have an offense, year two of a system, that it's realistic to expect this team to put up points. And you have a defense that has leveled up in some key areas of talent as well. So what, it's a 17-game season, right? I I always go back to the 16. Wait, are they still doing that? I I, I still do it, man. I'll never break it. I'll never break it. I think 10 and 7 is the floor. Oh, 10 and seven it. to me is mm. the floor 11 wins 11 and six and look 10 and seven you're getting in the playoffs in the nfc north you're, you're probably winning the division in my opinion at 10 and seven. so uh, the- I, I think i think you're gonna go from flipping with what they have three wins last year four wins to 10 yeah. wins a double digit win season and then you know the rocket ship of justin fields has officially entered that next stage Ten and that's seven. Real. That's very real. That's very real. You and Carmen are very real. I'm an idiot. I'm saying twelve, but listen, I am me, and I'm going to keep doing that thing. But uh, Sammy, do we, by the way, Sammy, do we have any questions? We've been having like such a great time. I'm like, oh yeah, there's people here. Um, <laughs> are you concerned at all about Mooney and or Claypool missing time in the regular season? Yeah. What is what is the outlook, Carmen? Are they are they worried about them missing? regular season time or do we not know no uh not especially not regular season every report that maddie berflus has given us is that they will be both ready for training camp so that is well in advance of the regular season he said that darnell mooney is perfectly on track with where he's supposed to be in his rehab he wouldn't tell us exactly where that was but that he's on track and that they were just holding claypool out of mini camp out of an abundance of caution it was some sort of soft tissue issue but at the same time, that was – if that's the regular season, Claypool is probably playing. It was just, hey, this is minicamp. It's June. There's no reason to push him. He's been getting work with Justin Fields, like we talked about, on his own in OTAs up until this point. So there is nothing that we have heard that puts their availability for the regular season in question. I can see – yeah. I mean, that's the thing, too. Like, we have time. If this was the middle of August and they're not there, I think it's one of those things like, okay, then there's, it's fair to go out there and question what's going on, but we're good. Like, don't worry about it. Like Justin's out there dealing with the guys that he's got or throwing dealing as in 
dealing. You know what I'm saying? Uh, with the guys who's, who are out there right now and that guy being DJ Moore, which is what we love to see. How about another question though, Sammy? If we have one, if not, I'll keep at it. I'll keep firing them in. Uh, what's your opinions on the best acquisition made this offseason by the Bears? I say Kevin Warren. Yeah, Brian, what do you think about Kevin Warren coming in? Now, Carmen and I have both said, like, this was a great move for the Bears, a football guy through and through. What did you think of the hiring of Kevin Warren? I love it. I love it for exactly what you just said. You know, football guy first and foremost. And anytime you're talking about like a rebuilding franchise, a new regime at GM, a, a, essentially a new coach, the new coaching staff, they're kind of married together. You know, it's, it's just a code like you're f- flipping the entire organization from the top, the top, the absolute top floor, all the way down to, you know, the, the bottom of the roster. So uh, it doesn't feel like a team is really able to rebuild or just kind of break from the cycle of the disappointing year over year, uh, losing records, unless you make a change like that. And getting a guy like Kevin Warren, I mean, he's a forward thinker, smart guy, success everywhere he's been. You know, you, you got to bet on a guy like that having a successful run with the Bears. No, it makes a lot of sense. One of the reasons he was brought in uh, was to help usher in a potential new stadium in Arlington Heights. Carmen, I saw this week they're starting to tear down uh, the racetrack at Arlington Heights. Uh, what is, is there an update? Like, I know that they've been flirting with Naperville, maybe Oswego, not Oswego, but some other. Uh, what is that? Is there any? Up, yeah, that's it. Is there any update on what's going on with the state potential stadium? No. And the demolition came with the very strong caveat that uh, this does not mean that this land will be developed. It's the this land was purchased by Bears owners and it, they can do whatever they want with it. And at this point. They're going to demolish it, making it ready for use. But that does not mean that that's actually what's going to happen. My read on it is this is this this stuff happens all the time when it comes to uh, teams building new stadiums. And there's strategy behind it. There's, hey, how much do you really want this? And, and the money aspect of it and how much the city is going to be involved in paying for some of this stuff. Um, it's it's a very nuanced process, but there's no concrete update. Just understand that the demolition does not mean that this is land is going to be developed. That's not what it means, but it is going to be ready to be developed. And whether the bears then decide to turn around and sell it because another town swoops in and says, Hey, we want it. Or if Chicago comes in at the last minute and somehow changes their mind. Um, but honestly, I really feel like the bears will be moving in the near future, into the suburbs, into a place where the where Bears ownership has more autonomy over the stadium and the surrounding area. I would also like to point out that Inglewood, the, the home of SoFi Stadium, went through this exact same thing. They took over a former racetrack, and it's always it's always a little bit disappointed to see these racetracks come down because they usually look like nice structures or whatever. Hollywood Park was a fun place to go catch uh, some some horse racing. But the same thing happened with SoFi Stadium is that when Kroenke bought that land, he was like, oh, no, no, no. Like, uh, we're, we're going to build a Walmart or whatever it was. And they, for the longest time, denied that that was even, oh, we didn't, we didn't purchase. Uh, they were in St. Louis. You know, they're like, oh, we didn't purchase. No, no, no. We're real estate moguls. This is what we do. The Bears family, they're not real estate moguls. This is bought for one intent purpose. Kevin Warren, to go back to the original question, is there for one reason, to get this stadium built. When you start to look at at what's happening in in Minneapolis, too, I just saw a recent photo 
uh, of every oh, because Tom Grassi's out there, by the way. And as a reminder, Tom Grassi is still doing his his 30 stadiums in 30 days. We're getting towards the end of it here. He's going to be at SoFi Stadium here in a couple of way or a couple of days. That is like one of the things. Like you look at what these stadiums have built and what they've been able to do, and it's just it's just part of the dance. So I guess we don't really need to uh, to chill out. But I do like the call of like the best off the field or off season acquisition being Kevin Warward. That's uh, that's pretty good. So listen, anyways, uh, why don't we go ahead and put a pin in it right there, uh, Brian? Why don't you go ahead and tell everybody where we can find Bears Talk? I I hesitated to say BearsTalk.com because it feels so limiting. Because it feels like you got so much going on. Tell us a little bit more about Bears Talk and how we can follow you on the social media channels. Well, it is BearsTalk.com. Keep it simple. Uh, I'm really excited. We just launched an NFL draft, mock draft simulator on Bears Talk that is geared toward the Chicago Bears fan. So when you go on that draft simulator, it's going to just, you know, you're automatically, it automatically picks the Bears as the team that you're going to control. You can obviously change that. We welcome fans from every team, but, you know, Bears fans, you get little special treatment. Um, So check that out. We just launched that maybe a week or two ago. Obviously, we'll be going through some updates with the player rankings and the trade logic and things like that, but it's 100% free. Check it out Uh, on Twitter at The Bears Talk, and I'm at Brian Perez NFL. Can't wait to talk more Bears with you two throughout the season, throughout the offseason. Yeah, we look forward to that. Carmen Vitale, she was on... Chicago television last night promoting the Viking. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, what else? What do you got coming up? Like you're everywhere. You're, you're, you're crushing it. We're really proud of the work that you've been doing. What do you got? What do you got coming up next? Uh, I have something that has been a career bucket list item of mine coming up. Uh, I'm not going to spoil what it is, but you will know what it is uh, probably next week. that we are working that i'm working on it has to do with a show that i'm appearing on and it's a podcast that i'm uh that's been very dear to my heart for many years so i'm very excited about that Uh, i'm just gonna tease that for next week and i have more stuff coming up on foxsports.com just kind of covering the division i just wrote something about the packers so you guys are really gonna love me after that um but i'm very thankful to the football night in chicago crew because they keep having me on and letting me you know, spew the the rational uh, NFC North <laughs> rhetoric about the entire division, uh, and giving me the opportunity to do that and, and get get on TV a little bit here in the in in the city that I love so much. So, yeah. It's well, great. it's well deserved. Listen, honestly, it's well deserved, and uh, I hope they have you on more. It's great to see you on there. It's great to see you out there crushing it all over all forms of media. So it uh, it does it does make me happy, even though. We might disagree a little bit here and there, but listen, like you, I wrote in my state of the franchise feature for NFL.com. You know, last week we did the NFC North. I had to write about the Lions and the Packers and the Vikings, obviously the Bears as well. And I had to give them credit where credit was due. I wasn't afraid to point out some things. By the way, um, Jordan Love needs to realize he's not the jokester that Aaron Rodgers is. Like his 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 happy Father's Day thing did not go as planned. So already he's taken L's, which I hope. Yeah, exactly. Sorry. <laughs> That's exactly the point. Like what? Whoever told him to go out there and be funny like that, that is not the proper way to go. Like Aaron Rodgers, in addition to being a far superior quarterback, was a little bit more nuanced. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. What did you guys think? Listen, if he plays quarterback as well as he tells jokes intended to at the Bears fans' expense, we are in good position in the (laughs) NFC North in 2023. 
I, I think that that was a cameo, though, wasn't it? It was like a uh, if somebody asked him to do that. It was so like a porn, wish a happy yes. Father's Day message. We can ignore the facts that he that was, was actually doing something nice for Bears fans and just keep it in this bucket of to do that he tried to be Aaron Rodgers yeah. and failed. Who? I would still say no. I mean, I do a lot of cameos myself. Right. And I'm pretty- that's that's what I was going to say, though. It's like, you don't have to, because I'm on cameo, yeah. too. And I'm like, you don't have to, like, acquiesce to the requests that come in. Like, you don't have to do them if it's not something. But he probably, it was it was all supposed to be good nature and stuff like that. Obviously, yes. things It's a poor judgment by Jordan Love, which <laughs> tells me as a I Bears love- fan. He's not going to be able to read a defense either. This is not the poor argument. for Bears fans. Yes, we love this. By the way, find Carmi and me on Cameo. If you need us to uh, give out, I guess Father's Day has passed, but birthday shout outs, anything like that. The NFL draft or fantasy football draft is coming up. If you want me to do your draft order or anything like that, find me on Cameo. It's pretty easy to find, pretty easy to use. But Brian, want to thank you so much for being here. And Carmen, as always, we appreciate your time and appreciate you joining us. So, and thanks to everybody who weighed in on the program today. If you enjoyed what you saw, Write the word sick in the comments. Be sure to like and uh, rate, like, subscribe. What all the, all that stuff. Subscribe to the channel as well. Uh, and subscribe to Bears Talk while you're at it. And uh, until next week, bear down. And uh, Sammy, go ahead and play us out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.